Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur's sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. Welcome to The Human Conversation. It's quite a special episode, really, because I am planning on doing some more solo sessions, but really on the topic of sales and, you know, really core subjects that I can just give you my thoughts about. So hopefully they will be super helpful. But I wanted to share something today that is really important to me. I'm very aware that if you follow me, you'll notice I talk about my dad an awful lot. John from the sweet shop. You'll probably have heard that story. And if not, you'll find it in most of my content somewhere. But I don't feel like I've told you much about my beautiful mum. And so this episode is actually dedicated to her. It is actually the anniversary of 10 years since I lost my lovely, lovely mum. And so I guess I felt really compelled to share a little bit more with you about who she was and why she was so very special to me. I also want you to know about the amazing lady that was my mum. So her name was Brenda. She was born in 1932, May the 8th in 1932. So she went through the war as a child, the Second World War. She saw a huge amount of things I suspect that I probably never really knew about. But we did used to talk sometimes about the bombings that they experienced. She lived in Warsaw in the West Midlands. So they were very close to places like Birmingham. And so they did know that the war was going on and so she often would share stories about what it was like when she was a child which is really endearing but equally as I grew up you know I started to really understand what an amazing lady she was she was incredibly selfless she was very giving and very warm and loving you know that was one of the really big things I remember about my mum so yeah, Brenda, Brenda Rose was her name. What a beautiful middle name. But when she was at school, one of the things that her friends would do was they would recite this uh, saying to her based on her name. So they would say to her, Brenda Rose sat on a pin, Brenda Rose. And <laughs> she used to tell me this. And when she first told me, I used to think, well, that's not really very funny. But I think the more I recall it, the more we used to actually find that it was really quite funny. So that was one of the early memories of mum. And, you know, one of the things I think that was really interesting about her was she did have this wicked sense of humour. So whilst, you know, she took life fairly seriously, she had this really beautiful sense of humour, which came through often in our conversations, in giggling fits that the, we would have together, etc. She was um, 
really quite something when I look back now as an adult because she helped my dad to run the sweet shop. So whilst I always talk about my dad and the sweet shop, my mum worked with my dad in the sweet shop and she was that kind of quiet energy that just sat behind everything and made sure it was all ticking along rather nicely. So she was the quieter one out of mum and dad, but probably the stronger, which is quite interesting. And when my dad decided that he didn't want to really run the shop any longer, he went off and he got a job at the British Aerospace. We lived in Stevenage in Hertfordshire. So he became a security policeman at British Aerospace. And my mum, she decided that actually she would go back to college at around the age of 45, which is really quite wonderful. Because when she was younger, you didn't really have the opportunities to have great education. They all left school at very, very young. So she went back to college and she did her O-level, which was in um, maths and English. And then she went on to do shorthand and typing. And she qualified to be a secretary, an executive secretary back in those days. And she ended up being an executive secretary to one of the really top guys at British Aerospace. How amazing is that? So at 45, not only does she go back to college and study, but she then goes on to get a really great job working for this guy who ultimately became a very good friend as well in the future, him and his wife and mum and dad, they used to go out often together. And I just think one of the really great things that she gave me, I think, was the uh, will and determination to succeed at things. I saw that in her all the time. So I knew that that was possible. My dad was always the there's no such word as can't, uh, as you know, because I talk about that a lot. But mum was just this quiet force, um, but just full of love. You know, I don't remember her in any other way, but that she was just so, so loving. Anything that happened and anything that went wrong, she would just wrap her arms around me and she would make sure I knew that it was all going to be okay. And some of the things that did happen as I got a bit older were very traumatic. And yet she was still there with the kind of reassurance that, we'll get through this. So I was very, very lucky to have such an amazing supportive mum. I think as I got older, we, uh, we were more alike than I realised. We clashed at times as mums and daughters can. And sometimes I used to, you know, I wasn't the, the best daughter sometimes, I think, you know, in reflection. I often feel that when I think about it. But we had a really really wonderful moment actually um, towards the end of her life which I'll share with you in a minute but one of the big things about mum was she uh, showed us that we could work hard she showed a lot of positivity and a lot of hope but she also showed how uh, selfless she was when they moved away eventually they moved away and they went back to Bournemouth Bournemouth is where I was actually born originally and they moved back there when I was probably in my mid, mid to late 30s. And off they went back to Bournemouth. And the place that they lived in, you know, bearing in mind they were probably in their mid to late 60s, 
the place where they lived was surrounded by people who were probably slightly younger than them and they literally were looking after the community they lived in they'd go off and get shopping for people you know they'd make sure that they called in to see if people were okay a big big memory of mum and dad was just how caring they were and how actually they were all about making sure that everyone else is okay and not always I don't think did they put themselves first if I'm really honest so mum just was always healthy and fit and well and it wasn't very long after I'd lost my Dragon's Den business in 2008 that we found out that mum had got a lump and she had a breast cancer and at the time, it was quite, um, it was it was really, really upsetting. But at the same time, it was very isolated. She had the lump removed and her lymph glands were clear. And it was kind of like, she's all right. We caught this, you know. And very interesting that, you know, she was clear for, I don't know, probably about three, four years. And I actually asked her a few times if she needed to have any treatment to follow up what had happened to her. And she said, oh, no, no, I haven't got to have any. And I did actually find out that she had decided she didn't want to have any, as opposed to the fact that they had said she should have some. So that was quite interesting. And that actually is quite poignant about mum, because she was such a strong lady that sometimes whilst we talked about everything sometimes she didn't tell me everything it's quite interesting isn't it the way this all pans out when you look back I guess I always thought we shared every single thing because we pretty much did but looking back there were definitely gaps and I know now that when she didn't talk about things, it was because she did not want me to get upset. And she was always protecting me when she didn't talk about things. So that was interesting too. I bet some of you listening might know people like that in your life. So that was 2008 when she had a breast cancer. And then I remember really clearly the Christmas of 2011 and I always did Christmas dinner for mum and dad. We lived very close to each other at that point and we had Sam. So they would come over and they would have their Christmas dinner with us. And I remember this Christmas really, really vividly. My mum was just not well. I could tell she was not well. I think probably she hadn't been well for a while, but I wasn't necessarily told all the details. But when she arrived on Christmas Day, she actually looked yellow. Yeah, her skin tone looked yellow and the whites of her eyes were yellow. I'd never experienced anything like that before. So I was a little bit taken aback and, and I honestly wasn't really sure what it meant, but I knew she didn't look well. She didn't stay as long as she would normally stay. And then with Christmas, we have Sam's birthday. Sam's birthday is always New Year's Day. Sam is my son. So we had Sam's birthday coming up. And let me just tell you that my mum absolutely idolised Sam. He was the golden boy. And um, quite rightly, really, I guess, because he is fabulous. But she just adored Sam. So for her to call me on Sam's birthday and say that she wasn't going to be coming 
to the party, but she would drop in after the party. Again, there was real red flags here because I knew something was, was really wrong. She did come down, I think, for about an hour, about four o'clock. And I remember just thinking, she just looks so poorly. And then off she went. And then I went back to work and I remember it was probably about the 5th of January and I got a phone message from my mum on the answer phone that said, hi, Jewel, I don't want you to worry. I'm just letting you know that we've gone to the hospital because the doctor said that was the best thing we could do um, and they're looking after me now. So I'm in hospital, but I don't want you to worry. You know, so it's always, I don't want you to worry. So that was a... That was actually almost expected, if, if I'm honest, because she had looked so poorly. So I felt a little bit relieved that she'd gone into hospital because I thought, well, she's in the right place and they can look after her. Anyway, this was about the 5th, 6th of January, and she was then in hospital until the very end of February. On the 1st of March, we finally got her home after eight weeks. And in between that time, we had been given the terrible news that she actually had an advanced liver cancer and uh, probably not really very long to live, possibly six months at the most. And that was a shock because I knew she was poorly, but I didn't really understand how this had just happened so suddenly. They also said they didn't think the cancer was related to her breast cancer and that when they looked sort of deep into it, because, you know, Cancer is very complicated, as most people who have experienced it will know. And there are so many types of cancer. I think often, you know, as much as you push the doctors and you say, well, what is it? What's caused it? Where has it come from? They haven't always got the answers. I did get a young doctor who said that actually mum had got a very rare bile duct cancer, which had then spread on to her liver. So ultimately... I knew I was going to lose her, which was really tough. And I think one of the things that I remember now, because, you know, this is 10 years on. This is 10 years today since I lost my mum. And I always think to myself, gosh, it feels like I only saw her yesterday in some respects. But in other ways, it feels like it's been such a long time since I saw her. And it has. It's 10 years. And what I do remember, I think, the most is those moments in the last couple of months, those moments that were actually the funny moments, you know. I think I've come through my grief journey of mum, knowing that I was so blessed to have had her as my mum. I was so, so lucky. And we had moments in the hospital where we just chatted and it was just me and her. And I treasure that, the memory, I treasure the memory of those moments because we just sat and chatted and we remembered things together. And she put her hands on my knee and she said, you know how special you are, don't you? You know how much I love you. You know, we said all of those amazing things that we were meant to say to each other. So it it was really special in that respect. And then the last week, I never forget, because obviously we're coming up to Mother's Day this year, and Mother's Day is this Sunday. So I always know Mother's Day tends to fall very close to the anniversary of losing mum, because the last day she got out of bed was the Sunday, which was Mother's Day. 
and she got out of bed especially I brought the presents down for her what do you buy your mum on her last mother's day you know and I knew it was I, I knew it was I bought her a beautiful blanket and I bought her some creams for her skin because her skin had, had got quite dry and she must have taken about two hours to open these two presents. It was just, it was just incredible how slow she was and how tired she was. And she never got up again after Sunday. She took to her bed on the Monday and she never, ever got up again. She didn't really wake up much of that week. And we lost her on the Saturday, the following Saturday. And I just have this one story, which, which I think sums up my mum so beautifully. And she woke up on the Thursday and she remember she'd been really asleep for most of that week. I'd sat by her bed. I'd played her a playlist of music and her eyebrows would go up when she heard tunes that she loved. That was a, such a super memory. And on Thursday, she woke up and she was literally sat up in bed. I could not believe it because I don't think any of us thought she was going to wake up again. And there she was. And she looked at me and she said, where am I and so I sort of said oh I said you're at home mum I said uh, you've been asleep so we've been waiting for you to wake up oh she said am, am I okay and of course I said well you haven't been very well to be honest but yeah you're home which is great and then she said oh my mum's sitting in the corner and that was like one of those things you where you know you hear the stories don't you that when people are about to leave, uh, they kind of see relatives who have, have passed over. And then the next thing she said was, I don't suppose I can have a Bacardi and Coke. And my mum had a Bacardi and Coke every night, just one, every night my dad would make her a Bacardi and Coke. And, uh, you know, in a long glass, and it was just one of her favourite things. And so the nurse said, I remember, she said, go and make her a Bacardi and Coke, John, to my dad. And off he went. And when he came back in, this is my mum who hadn't eaten or drank anything for probably two weeks by now. And she took a pipette and she dropped just this tiny drop of Bacardi and Coke in my mum's mouth, just on her lips. And my mum tasted the Bacardi and she just shut her eyes and she said, Oh, that's lovely. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget. It was such an amazing moment, you know. And then she just looked at me and said, I don't suppose I can have a fag as well, can I? Um, and of course, well, we didn't have any, to be honest, but I think that was probably just going to be going one step too far. <laughs> so we had to laugh and um, she settled back down and then she never woke up again after that. And I just feel really blessed that we had that beautiful moment with her, you know, in the last few days that we were with her. It was such a fun, funny mum moment. It really was. So I kind of wanted to share that with you. I wanted to share that, you know, my mum was so, so super special. She was that kind of quiet energy that just sat behind everything as our rock and our foundation. I really struggled to grieve for my mum when she passed away because my dad was so devastated. So I was looking after him and making sure he was okay and everybody else was okay. 
And I actually didn't really start my grief for mum till about six months after she'd gone. And that was a big mistake, you know, because I think I needed to do that much sooner. I collapsed in the shower this one day and I just sobbed uncontrollably. And everything hit me at once that I'd lost my mum. So that was quite hard looking at the fact I don't talk about her as much as perhaps I talk about my dad and she would not talk about dying with us because she didn't want us to get upset. So I, I have sort of these thoughts about how did she feel? Having shared everything with this woman, literally we could talk about anything, as I mentioned earlier. I never found out how she felt about dying. And I never felt whether she was scared. Um, and sometimes I think, you don't find out those things. It just depends on the person. But with my dad, he kind of told you everything and planned his own funeral, you know, that was how he was. And I'm not scared of dying and you need to do this and you've got to do this and I want this. And that, and that was just my dad's way. But my mum just went very quietly and very peacefully. And it was 10 years ago. Isn't that amazing how fast the time goes by? So I hope you've enjoyed getting to know Brenda a little bit more, my beautiful mum. And I just have such wonderful memories of her. I feel very lucky. And I also feel lucky that I can share my mum with you today on this episode of The Human Conversation. It's quite apt, isn't it? Because that certainly was a very human conversation. Um, and if, you know, you have got your mum this Sunday, tell her you love her, give her a hug, you know, it's not always easy and not everyone has a mum in their life and not everybody has a great relationship with their mum. I need to acknowledge that, it's important. So happy Mother's Day for Sunday, for all of you mums, for all of you who have mums and for all of you who have people in your life who are like a mum to you. And cherish cherish the time with them tell them that you love them and thank you so much for listening and i'll see you next time on the human conversation tata for now you've just been listening to the human conversation podcast with jules white to find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.